When you're studying insects, you should have like an insect board where you've pinned them to, you oh, know. sure. When, you, when you're doing Doesn't trees, mean we're not hands-on, Paul. No, Doesn't I, mean we're not hands-on. What is an experiment <laughs> other than being hands-on, right? Welcome to the Homeschool Journal, a show that unpacks the joys and journeys of the classical homeschool family. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. So our session today with Paul Schaefer. Paul, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Paul has, he was homeschooled for five years. Let's start out with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. You were homeschooled. You remember your years with Cheryl Lowe, our Mm -hmm. founder. Mm -hmm. She taught you Latin and classical studies, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And um, And if I remember correctly. I mean, you you have a a degree in liberal studies from Bellarmine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you have spent nine years consulting with um, teachers and classical schools, but then you took on Memoria Press Online Academy, mm-hmm. and so you are now director of Memoria Press Online that's, Academy. That's correct. Yes. yes. So, so this is why Paul is here today. Paul has this incredible vision of everything all the way through because of Memorial Press Online Academy, but he's really got a great handle on everything 7th through 12th grade, which is what we are going to try to tackle. Yes, you can laugh. It's really okay. <laughs> Six grades in a half an hour. Six grades. <laughs> well, we, I think we're going to end up with part two, like a, a two-parter here, um, because this is a lot to tackle. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's so much to tackle, I, you you had given me a great idea to go kind of subject by subject instead of grade by grade, which is what I did previously. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't tell you actually why you're here. Oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> I just want to credit a mom out there that watched um, one of the two that I did with um, Michelle Tiefertiller on K to 2 and 3 to 6. Mm-hmm. And she made a comment. And she said, this is great. Do it for 7th, 8th, and ninth." And I thought... <laughs> That's a great idea. So moms out there, we are listening. I'm listening. And I brought Paul here <laughs> to explain it all. So so Paul, to get through this, um, and again, we're going to do an overview. Like we just can't go really deep, but we are going to try to touch on as much as we can. To get through this today, this first one, I think we're going to do um, Latin, math, science, and modern studies. Okay. okay. Now with Latin, we've got grammar and, and, and a little bit of Greek in there. So let's... You ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start with Latin. Now, there's plenty of podcasts that we've all done on why study Latin. But in these middle school years, um, if we go 7th and 8th and the ninth, you've got 3rd form, you've got 4th form, you've got Henley too. So we're finishing out those grammar years Mm -hmm. in Latin. But but what are we what are we setting up in these years? What are where are we going? Well, first of all, it's I just want for those families that are starting later, it's not too late to start Latin. Oh, so amen. if you're not Thank if you. if you're in seventh grade and you're not in third form, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Start in first form. Start keep in going. first form. Um, but we're really setting students up to to start to to read Latin, mm-hmm. right? So so our intent, you know, when, when I started working at Memorial Press, our messaging that I found in the catalogs, you know, every time we published one was, you do Latin because you know it's going to help your grammar and it's going to help your vocabulary and that that sort of stuff. And all of that was was absolutely uh, true. But what I felt needed to be said more, and we were saying that because min- most most of our our I would say our family, right, the Memorial Press family, was were focused on those early years. But uh, you know, I want to say as as you get older, when you get to this level of seventh through twelfth grade, you need to start thinking about well, now we get to read, and and I mean, I you know, I started with Latina Christiana, which was a, it was a one. We had one and two back then. I did too, and and. <laughs> I started that in third grade and I just remember doing grammar every single year. And and because 
in sixth grade, my mother decided to put me in, in private school. Then I jumped back to Latino Christiana one, even though I'd already started Henley in fifth grade, which by the way, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, I didn't hit translation until I was like a sophomore because I kept jumping schools okay. once I got out of homeschooling. And finally, when I started translating, I realized, oh, this is what this was all for. When you're finally able to read a text, um, you realize, oh, in, in, in translating familiar texts are helpful. Like, so we go, we do third form, then fourth form, then we do Henley two, two mm-hmm. but we do that mostly the exercises in the back. I mean, there is mm-hmm. translation in there, but we, we have so much time with these students that we think, okay, let's, let's make sure they're really solid before right. we stick them straight into Caesar. Um, then we do a year of Caesar, a year of, um, Henley three, Henley three which mm-hmm. is Cicero. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we can do AP Latin or, you know, Virgil, um, and so, you know, but even just picking up the Bible, like, you know, we have a, we have a Vulgate course in the summer at MPOA and all it is, it's five weeks. And all we do is do some translation, but this is all stuff that these kids should be familiar with. And all of a sudden to read that through a different language, you go, oh my goodness, this makes so much more, this, I, I've never thought about it this way, right? Um, reading Augustine's Confessions that way for me in college was, I, I realized all of a sudden this, there's there's a beauty here that I didn't see coming all the way from third grade through, you know, uh, senior year when I started, or junior year when I started reading Virgil in high school. So uh, that's what we're trying to prepare them for mm-hmm. is, is that actual reading. And so while we have a sequence built out, it's your traditional classical sequence where you're going to do Caesar, Cicero, Virgil. Um, and that's grades 10, 11, and 12. That's grades 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12. And, but you can, you can modify that too. Right. You know, once once you've once the students gotten used to translation and we and we scale it that way because Caesar's easier prose, Cicero is more difficult prose and Virgil's poetry, right? And so all of those things it gets it, it gets more difficult as it goes. But if you have a different goal in your homeschool, now that you're reading Latin, you want to read another text, go read another text, right? And and talk about it with your child. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to some of the earlier years, you can also introduce some Greek. Here you could introduce Greek. Um, Why would a family want to do that? I I don't know. I feel like this is a trope that's constantly repeated. But who was it? It was Chesterton or somebody was said no no it was Churchill Winston Churchill said everybody should learn Latin and and for the you know for the good students let them have Greek you know it's like the cherry <laughs> on top of the ice cream right like if you're if you're really good you get that cherry and and really I mean it opens right if we're saying that classical education we're we're sort of um, we're stewing in what the Greeks and the Romans uh, started and and have handed down, then it opens up a whole nother pathway of, of getting um, to that, those original sources, right? Those Greek sources. Mm -hmm. And so while, so, so if you know the Greek language, you're going to get to those things in a deeper way, just like you would in Latin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most families, the, the major driving factor for that is the scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. If I mean, the, the, I mentioned the Vulgate. Right. The, the Bible wasn't written in Latin. Right. Um, it it gives you uh, reading it in a different language gives you that sort of access. And the Latin was was sort of core for the universal church for centuries. But you know, to get down to the Greek, that's the original. You you know, that's that's a wonderful thing to do. And when students have done Latin from third, fourth grade, second grade, um, doing the Greek, uh, doing the Greek, learning Greek is not. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's, it's difficult. Like any learning, any language is difficult, but 
you don't have to spend time on what is a declension, what is a conjugation, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, because our students already know that. Right. They move much more quickly through it. And I have um, an odd 16-year-old that I will say, well, excuse me, when she turned 16, she asked for her birthday for a Greek Bible so she could sit and have fun translating. Yeah, well, there you right. go. Um, now, <laughs> and I had to ask Mrs. Lowe, okay, what do I go get right. <laughs> at that right. time? And she directed me and she got her Greek Bible. So, yeah. you know, it, actually, she, she just had fun with it is my mm-hmm. point. You yeah. know, so like you said, that foundation was so solid. She yeah. just, she was able to have fun with that. Yeah, and it's 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 one thing, I think, for a student to to be, as you know, as a parent or a teacher to direct and say, you need to learn this mm-hmm. to that student. It's another thing to like really shove it down their throats, <laughs> you know, and say, you know, there's, there's like, you're not getting out of this. You, you know, you have to do this sort of thing. And, and I think when there, there is sort of that more openness, if we're doing this, like we know why we're doing this, we're, we're motivated to do this, then the student does, some students, not, in, it's, this, this is not a, a, a for sure thing that's going to happen, <laughs> right? But some students will take that on and it'll, it will be, it will be something that they enjoy rather than something that is a, is a burden. Right. Um, and that's, that's really like, and I, and I see that, like I was teaching juniors a few years ago at Highlands and you know, some of them were complaining about still learning Latin. And I was like, but really, I know, I know you, this is sort of a begrudging thing for you, but isn't it nice to be able to do what you do in that language? And they were like, yeah, it, it is. But you know, those, those students weren't going to be the ones picking up, you know, extra to do. But some of the, some of them in the class did. But some of them do, and mm-hmm. and you open up new interests That's for right. students through this. So just to give a nod to these years, um, maybe the early years again, those seventh through seventh and eighth, we finish our formal study of English grammar in those years, mm-hmm. and and that's because we learn English best through Latin. That's right. And we're finishing out, you know, that Latin grammatical stage as well. That's right. So, and, and there's things that, that I mean, I don't remember hitting in English grammar class. I mean, I remember being in an eighth grade class and, and it really was a, we have to go through all the grammar, make sure everybody's good with grammar before we keep going. But I don't remember dealing much with, with subjunctives or anything <laughs> like that. But in Latin, it's all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, even learning it through Latin, you get a whole lot more. Uh, in-depth grammar knowledge than what most grammar Usage courses are going to, going to do. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to move on to math. And I keep math and Latin together, okay? Just because to me, they're two very concrete subjects. Um, well, they're the two cumulative subjects, right? You, yes, I mean, you, thank you. You can't, you can't skip levels in math. No, you can't skip levels in math. And so when we're in seventh grade, we're in pre-algebra. Mm-hmm. When we're in eighth grade, we're in algebra one. We start with video text. That's right. Um, and so any commentary on, on on that right there, like starting into the video text? Well, Maybe. for one, I would say, I think it's important to understand the, the perspective video text is coming from. So video text, it, like just assumes from the very beginning, just like uh, we, we said, right? Math is cumulative, mm-hmm. right? But if you sit down and you look at, at Algebra 1 and Algebra 2 text, they, Algebra 1 is repeating a lot of what's done in pre-algebra. Algebra 2 is repeating mm-hmm. a lot of what Algebra 1 did, right? Because what? Students need repetition, right? They, they, they need that. But at the same time, um, a lot of those, because we're splitting this into two, maybe three years uh, in, in a sort of a standard text, they, the students need more repetition because it's it's not building on itself in a very incremental way, um, and that's what video text did explicitly, right? And so 
you you really like it is possible sometimes to jump from one program to another, but really if you dive into video text, you need to plan on I'm here for two years. Yes. And um but it's 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 beautifully it like the the way the concepts are organized is 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 very mm-hmm. beautifully done. And so um you know and I remember sitting down and looking at it for the first time and saying like all of this makes sense how it's right. how it's ordered. And so you know and if you if your student masters this concept the next concept when when they're using that you know they're using the prior concept as well and that's the, I think that's the beauty of it. So let's text. stay on your your word order. Um you know we hit 10th grade and we've got algebra 2, we hit um uh or excuse me ninth grade algebra 2 and then 10th grade geometry. And so what we don't do and what a lot of parents will see out there uh-huh. is this split of algebra 1 Go to geometry, then go to algebra two. But we don't do that. We do not do that. Please help me explain why. Okay, because my, I totally <laughs> believe in this. I completely believe in this. My assumption on sort of the reason why people take that break, and I would love to know if people say, no, there's another reason for it. But I mean, I hear from a lot of families, right? After algebra one, they're, they're tired, mm-hmm. right? They're tired of algebra. And so geometry does approach math from a very different perspective. And so it's a nice, it's, it's, a, it's a nice break, I suppose, if you're arguing for that position, right? To put mm-hmm. geometry in between. But it breaks that cumulative nature up. Absolutely. Right? And so um, if, if, if you have a child that is, is even if, if they're, whether they're struggling or whether they're happy in Algebra 1, just keep going through algebra two and finish it off. And that way you're not having to recover 15 months of a gap. Right. When you get back into algebra two um, and it, you know, and that way they can master it. They can fully master it. Again, that goes back to what we said about Latin and math. They're cumulative. They are cumulative. So why break it up? Right. When you said it perfectly. Now, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, can you break it up? I mean, we're, we're, this, this we're not saying that you're a sinner <laughs> that's because right. you put geometry that's before right. algebra two. That's, right. uh, that's that's what we do. That's what we suggest. We find our students do well that way. But in but in the online academy, sometimes sometimes for nothing less than a scheduling conflict, we have to swap them. Right where the mm-hmm. kid has to do geometry because they can't do algebra two because it doesn't fit in their schedule. Sure, and 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 that can work. Right, it's it's not that it's a. It's a huge deal. And I remember talking to Cheryl Lowe about that. And she mm-hmm. was like, it's not, it's not a huge deal. This it's is- not a deal breaker. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And anyway, okay. So then we hit into 11th and 12th. And if you're a math nerd, mm-hmm. okay, these are great years. This is calculus. This is pre-calculus. <laughs> this is calculus. But Paul, what do we do? How do we get through these years as parents if you're not that math nerd? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be kicked off this podcast for saying this, but- uh, I mean, the diploma program in the online academy, we require three credits of math, algebra one, algebra two, and mm-hmm. geometry. You can graduate after that. That's, that is what most states, that's sort of their bottom requirement. And, and that's fine. Um, obviously we want, we were just talking about it on the classical center podcast yesterday about science and math. And like, is, is that, is science and math for or is classical education for science math people? Or is it, are they just, is it just for language people? Right. It's, it was an interesting <laughs> conversation. But there's the further you can go in those math skills, Mm -hmm. the more well-rounded you're going to be. Whether you, I mean, I was thinking about it recently. I've never, I could not call to mind anything I ever did in calculus in high school. It's gone. Like, 
but do I have math skills? Do I yes. have, you know, a facility in, in, in lower levels of math? Probably because I did that. Absolutely. And so if, if you can get it done, I mean, the, you know, we teach pre-calculus and calculus in the academy. We, you know, if, if, if you as a parent are a math nerd and you want to teach it at home yourself, great. If you don't, if you said there is no way in our household, this is ever going to get done. Um, then I would say that's, that's perfectly fine. Do algebra one, algebra two and geometry, um, you know, and you can go into something like statistics if you want to do more there math. There's some options. There absolutely. are. There is other options There's for that. Consumer math. Sometimes you I, can uh, find yes, some things in yes. consumer math. Well, and, and even I mean, because you continue to practice those math skills, even in the skills of learning personal finance and things mm-hmm. like that. Right. That's not something that we offer at Memorial Press, but that is that is something that we would say a family does need to teach their kids. I think the point is right? you know know what your state requires mm-hmm. in graduation requirements. Um, or the diploma program, such as yep. Memorial Press Online Academy, um, and and go as far as uh, you need to, or as far as your student wants to, because if they don't want to tackle uh, calculus, then statistics, you know, mm-hmm. shift if you need to. Let's say they want to go further. Let's say <laughs> let's say they are just voracious math people, and my hats off to them. Yeah. Where, where do they go? Where do they go if they're still you know homeschooling? I would I would look at your community college for dual enrollment. Um, that's, that's a phenomenal opportunity. That way you have a teacher who, um, is really good at what they do. Uh, and they, they would end up with, with college credit for that. And some States, you know, I mean, I've talked to parents like in Florida and they're like, I want my kid, like they were on track to graduate earlier from high school. And they're like, actually, I want my, my child to be in high school longer because we get free, um, community. Like if it's dual credit, if they're a high schooler taking at the community college, it's free. It's free. And so you need to look at your state. You need to say what's what's out there, what's available. And, it you know, f- to send your child out for one or two classes in their junior or senior years is a great way to to scale them into adulthood and mm-hmm. being independent and away from you rather than it just being, you know, oh, you know, you turned 18, you graduated <laughs> senior year, out you out go. You, go. <laughs> you know, so. Okay, so after math, we're going to go into science. And we're going to start in this younger, you know, that middle school um, age again, let's say seventh grade. You know, in seventh grade, we're still in what I would call that guidebook approach. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing trees and biology. Um, we're finishing up, like I said, the guidebook approach. But why those two in, in seventh? Well, I remember talking about um, Cheryl teaching me Latin classical studies. I mean, one of the things I do recall, and I don't know if this was an official class or if this was just something she did because she loved it. <laughs> but I remember going around the church outside of uh, going outside around the church mm-hmm. and identifying the trees that trees. were there. She loved those trees. Yes. And, and there, you know, with our book of trees, you're getting into photosynthesis. That, that Tyner biology book is, is harder than, you know, the medicine book we do in, mm-hmm. in fifth, grade, fifth grade, things like that. So, or sixth grade, sixth I grade. think. So you can, um, you know, we're still on that sort of nature studies path, mm-hmm. but trying to, but it is getting harder, right? They are learning more about those things that they're learning about the world. And, and you know, why, you know, students, upper school science focuses on quantifying the world, which is a liberal arts impulse, right? We, we do that. You look at the quadrivium. You know, you look at 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 harmony or or music, and you look at 
um, astronomy, both of those are applying discrete and continuous quantity to the natural world. Uh, so it's, it's a good thing that we're doing that in high school science, but a seventh grader doesn't have the math to do it. Right. So let's keep learning about the world around us, around us and the ways that we can. And actually one thing that's not in our, in our progression is uh, nature's beautiful order, which is a phenomenal thing that, you know, let's say, you know, your kids know your trees because you're just a tree aficionado and you're like, you know what, you know, I want to go learn something else. Nature's beautiful order is great for setting students up for biology um, because they, they get to see the animal kingdom in a way that is reflective of the animal's uh, lives rather than just let's go dissect a piglet. You know? Well, and I think that you touched on a lot of the memory press philosophy here um, in seventh grade and, and lower in that we focus on nature studies. We focus on the world that is around them, appreciating that as part of God's creation. Um, and then we hit eighth grade. Then we hit eighth grade and we hit physical science. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I think that's quite a step. Actually. It is. It is. And, and I think that that physical science course, uh, I mean, in many cases could be a full-on high school course, but we tackle it mm -hmm. in, um, eighth grade. In, in eighth grade. So we leave that guidebook and we start physical science. And in physical science, we're starting experiments. We are starting experiments. And that's what everybody talks about. You know, yeah. if you have friends that are at other schools, they've been doing experiments all along. <laughs> no, we're not doing that because we've given you a little bit of a vision into our memory press philosophy, nature, and the world around us. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, but, hold on. Hold on, okay, Carrie. I, okay. I know we're talking about 7th through 12th grade, <laughs> but, but let's back up. When you're studying insects, you should have like an insect board where you've pinned them to, you oh, know. sure. When, you, when you're doing Doesn't mean trees, we're not hands-on, Paul. No, Doesn't I mean, mean we're not hands-on. What is an experiment <laughs> other than being hands-on, right? I mean, so, you know, collect your leaves, collect all that stuff. And what that does, you get into physical science. Yeah, you have some experiments to do. Mm -hmm. um, I remember some of the dumbest experiences in my classrooms. Um, <laughs> I do remember other ones that were like, oh, that's really actually interesting. Um, like when we had a teacher, he trying to teach us the relative, um, the, the relativity of heat and cold. And so he would have you put like your hand, one hand in an ice bath and then in the other hand, just not in anything and leave it in there for, and he, it was so funny because he would go get, um, uh, uh, salt melt, uh, like for the, for your driveway and stuff for the ice. And he would be dumping it in. So he would be, <sighs> Pouring ice in, putting salt melt, so it would just get colder and colder oh, and colder. Wow. <laughs> and so you, can we do that in schools anymore? No, no I don't believe you can. <laughs> I don't think we can. <laughs> so you leave your hand in there, and you know you leave it in there for thirty seconds or whatever, and then you'd have like a lukewarm bucket, and you put both of your hands in there. And one hand, you'd be like, "Oh, this oh, feels yeah, lukewarm." Right. Another one, you feel like this is scalding hot. Right? Wow. It was fascinating. Um, so you have some experiments like that that are just, you know, um, memorable, memorable, fun. Mm -hmm. Um, like the time he also fed us a poison. That's a whole nother story. Oh dear. Um, one of the best oh. teachers I ever had. He was, <laughs> he was phenomenal. Um, but, uh, don't feed your kids poison, please. Yeah, and I know where uh, you went to school. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but you have these experiments, right? And it can be as simple as, you know, you think about the, you know, the, what is it, baking soda and vinegar, mm -hmm. you know, volcano sort of thing, <clears throat> um, you know, to something more complex, but don't be intimidated by those experiments, no. right? What, what the, the curriculum we're using that, you know, the experiments have intentionally been designed uh, for, to use household, mostly household things. And ironically, after 9-11, there was a whole lot of science experiment materials that became prohibited 
So mm-hmm. um, everybody kind of had to move that direction anyway to have more sure. sort of common things Household. to be your. But but that's beautiful because science doesn't have to be this far it's away not. thing. It's right here, you know. But it's yeah, <clears throat> it's, we all are living this this experience of the natural world. So yeah, let's let's grab things from our home and let's let's test them out. Physical science, I did want to say, I, it kind of is sort of this this uh, beginning stage of some biology, some chemistry, some physics. And so you're right. It is. it is hard. It's sort of this. Because it's a big introduction. It's a big introduction, mm-hmm. but it does set our students up to dive into biology, chemistry, and physics in a serious way because they've already had that introduction of physics. And that's what you've done. You've named those next three steps. And, you know, here at Memorial Press, um, I think we do some really neat things, particularly in biology, to, um, to help our parents through this. Because... I'm not a science person. There's there's just no way that I could take anything like that on. Mm-hmm. I would have to outsource this. <laughs> right. um, and then I know in biology, we have our wonderful Dr. Rebecca Shelburne yes. um, that does a, a video series. Yes. But there are, what are some of the options to get through biology, chemistry, physics? And then Paul, how far, again, do you really have to go in this? It's kind of like the same conversation mm-hmm. with math. Right. So... First of all, I mean, what what we have available to help you, you, you know, biology, we do have those videos. We do have a study guide. Uh, the chemistry program is coming from Navare. So, you know, there's, they, they have some helps there. We have not done videos for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we're still working on chemistry and physics, but we do offer in the online academy, we do offer live courses that have, you know, teachers that are science majors, right. know way more about science than I do that are that are um you know teaching this stuff i mean the the lady teaching introductory physics for us this year is i mean she's been working in a research lab for decades right i mean this is somebody who does science but she has a gift for teaching and she, that's what she wants to do mm-hmm. and it, she's a phenomenal phenomenal help to our students so you do have those things you know if you have local co-ops and things of, of people parents that are that are science oriented you that's another way to help you get through these programs um but also, don't be intimidated by the length of the books, right? You go right. get Modern Biology, and it, it is, is a college-level mm-hmm. text. We don't do it all, right? right? Which, which we feel bad about, right? Because everything, everything else we do, we do the whole book, right? But there's just—these bodies of knowledge are—they're exactly that. They're a body of knowledge, and so we get as much as we can, we can in a year that we can digest and that we can master. Well, I've heard the biology book be dropped in my house. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a and gun going a, off, right? It's one of those things where mom goes, is everybody okay? <laughs> so, um, and, and two, you mentioned that there, we don't cover everything in those. Because I will say this to parents out there, our, our biology book, though very, very good in its organization and, um, and how it goes through the material, it is a secular book. And so there's things we don't cover. Right. That, are, that are in that book. Right. And, and we don't do that because, as we will talk about um, later on, um, there's a lot that Memorial Press leaves to the family right? Um, to cover. Right. And, but it also, the thing to note about that book also is currently, the we, we go back to that book in 12th grade if we do anatomy. Yes. So if, you've, if you're a, on that track of physical science, 8th grade, biology, 9th grade, chemistry, 10th grade, physics, 11th grade, then 12th grade, you have time for anatomy, mm-hmm. right? And so- we go back, we use that same book. So, you Again, know, and, it's heavy, it's and, full. And even, but even as, you know, those two years, we still don't cover everything in that book. No, right. You know, so. Okay. So we've rounded out science. We're going to head into modern studies. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say about science. Oh, no, you asked. Yeah, you go you ahead. asked. How go far ahead. do they have to get? Oh, I did ask that. Uh, so uh, 
most colleges are going to expect you've done biology, chemistry, and physics. Uh, having said that, right, uh, you know, so so if you're doing physical science in eighth grade, then you can do three years of high school science and be done if you want to be done. Um, there, there are a whole lot of, I mean, we have anatomy, which is great for them to, I mean. Especially you, if that's a field you're interested in. That's right. Right. But, you know, but I mean, to know your own body, it's kind of important. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I wish I knew like muscles and how muscles work better. Right. Because when you've got a crick in your neck, like if you know your anatomy better, uh, you or know. for you on your farm chasing pigs. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, so. You know, get through biology, chemistry, and physics. The one thing with physics is there is vector-based physics, heavy math-based physics, and there's conceptual physics. And so um, if you are not a math-inclined person, you can still do physics and get those concepts without having to dig into um, right. the, the the calculus side of that ty- type of mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, And that would be me. Okay, yeah. not it. Okay, so now we'll move into modern studies. Um, and, and in seventh grade, we start, we, we get into American history in a very unique, what I think is a unique way. Um, we've introduced American history through our enrichment. We've mm-hmm. read good stories, you know, to our children. But in seventh grade, we do this 200 questions mm-hmm. about American. Why do we do it that way? Why? Well, that, that seventh grade year is meant to just sort of get them information about American history. So we are not, uh, concerned about having deeper questions at a, I mean, we're in, we're doing that in classical studies. We're doing that in literature. Like we're teaching the students how to think, you know, at a seventh grade level, but in our, in our modern studies program at that point, it's, yeah, we know you, you know, bits and pieces of American history. Let's just go through the whole thing and let's pull out the most salient things we need to know. Right. Um, and, but we do that also in story form, right? And what, what I, what I mean by that is, yeah, it's 200 questions. Yes, you know, we ask them to memorize those 200 things or memorize the list of presidents, those sorts of things. But we don't want it just purely to be history is names and dates and places, right? And so we do still, like, we tell the story. That's why mm-hmm. we have the the Gerber history book. That's why we have the, the Story of the World, volume four that we use for the later half, right? So that they learn the story, but then, okay, now let's pull that main main point out. Let's memorize that so we know Columbus arrived in 1492. We know that you know, uh, World War II started in 1939, you know, like those sorts of things. And so then that way, when we hit high school American history, we already have that framework, you know, to deal with when we're, when we we're trying to struggle with the morality of a choice or the cause or consequence of a choice. Those deeper, right. those yeah. deeper discussions, um, can take place around that framework. That's right. Um, so then eighth grade, we've got, we finished out our, our formal study of geography yes. in, in eighth grade. Um, and and I think that's for me really important as a parent um, in the way that we do geography mm-hmm. in Memoria Press. Again, it's kind of that guidebook, but you are memorizing. Mm-hmm. And and so, any comments on geography and finishing that out? Well, uh, I would just make a distinction between if you're if you're familiar with the geography one and two program, geography three is a very different program mm-hmm. because it is dealing with. Some, you know, salient historical facts with cultures, with religions, with populations, demographics, things like that, that geography one and two is purely mapping. It is. Right. So geography three, we're going to try to be finishing up the mapping and try to contextualize the mapping that they know in a whole world sort of context. we're drawing back Mm -hmm. on information already learned. That's right. But um, it is a more uh, broad sort of program to get them, you know, so then that way when they're hitting... 
European history, they're able to contextualize that with what's going on in the East, you know, not that they know detail what's going on in the East, but they at least know of the East. They know the important cultural details there, that sort of thing. And so, um, that just is going to help their, their history studies in high school. Because that's what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, then we're going to move on to, we do medieval. Mm-hmm. We do uh, then Europe um, in the modern world. We do the history of the American Republic. Now, that's the order that we recommended in. That's, if you go to our catalog, yes. you go to our, our website. Well, that's we, the, have, we have Renaissance and Reformation in there right. somewhere too. That's in, in the there, catalog. excuse yeah. me. Um, and so, so why that order? And mm-hmm. can you rearrange that order? Yeah. So the order we, I mean, we recently sort of, I mean, in the past few years rearranged that order that we were doing it at Highlands. Mm-hmm. And that was for the intent of, of getting some sort of chronological progression. Um, so, you know, yes, we do modern European history before we do American history, but that's because modern European starts, I mean, they both start around the same time, but also, you know, uh, American history, it's important that we get to the more recent stuff when we're studying American history because it's our own history, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so just sort of in that chronological progression, we're doing that. There are um, the reasons also for putting like modern European history and American history towards the end is if you're you're striving for like to take the AP exam, Mm -hmm. there are more politically correct things that are coming into those exams that we don't want our younger students to have to deal with. That's right. Um, So, you know, you can, um, which is one reason why in the online Academy, we're moving towards dual credit instead of AP. All right. Uh, We we still offer AP currently, but that is something we're trying to give ourselves the flexibility to teach our students what we want to teach. Right. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. It's the beauty of private education. Right. You can, you know, if, if you don't, you know, decide you're going to be in lockstep with this other, other publisher or company or whatever, you can be that way. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. Is and that's what AP kind of, especially in the American history courses or the European history courses, like I feel like that's what AP does in those courses. It really kind of mm-hmm. locks you into, this is what we say. That's right. You, you should right. know. These are, and, these are the most important facts of, of this history and, period. And you yeah. absolutely do get into some of that political correctness. So Paul, thank you. I'm going to say thank you officially <laughs> to Paul for moving us in, in that direction and to dual credit because you've already talked about the benefit of that happening in the junior and senior mm-hmm. year when you can take advantage of it. And often t- cases in certain states, it's free. Right. Um, right. And, and it is that also that transition yeah. for that 11th and 12th grade student. They've gotten a little bit of taste of what's next. That's right. Um, if, That's you know, right. their pathway is is truly college. Right. right. And so, there's there's a distinction. And when you get into dual credit, now I'm going off off the rails here. Uh, there's a distinction in dual credit between dual credit that that say a high school offers and dual credit that a college offers, mm-hmm. right? And so some colleges will say, yeah, we will authorize this high school to offer this dual credit, but we have to go put our professor in that classroom. Mm-hmm. And then there's dual credit that like a homeschooler can do where they go send their kid to the college classroom. Right. And then there's what we're, what we're doing and where we're, where we're moving towards is where the online academy, it is our teacher teaching what we want to teach that a college has authorized to do. Right. And so, um, you know, in that case, you know, it wouldn't be free, you know, because it's right. It's that college that is providing that service to us. Right. If that makes sense. But um, that way you get, you get a a master educator that is classically minded, that is, you know, um, that is teaching 
what we want taught in the way we want it taught and getting college credit for it. That's well, that's a no. perfect place to pause. Well, hold on. This hold on. I, what I, did I keep, we not? What, I keep what did we not you? cover? Well, you asked if we if you can reorder the the subjects. I didn't feel I like did. it, the, okay. the, the time okay. periods. You absolutely can if you're not locked into AP. Right, you can do American history in ninth grade. Like, I mean, that is something that you know a ninth grader can handle. Um, but um, you know, I would say modern European history is more difficult. I would leave that for 11th or 12th grade. Um, but chronologically, I mean, that's why we're doing it. We're doing it chronologically at that point. So take your pick. <laughs> and that's from Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, this is going to round out our um, part one. Um, and, and in the interest of time, we're going to pause and we will pick up on part two um, on four other subjects. And that's going to be literature, our classical and Christian studies, our composition and logic. And I love ending with logic, but we'll get there. So, <laughs> Paul, thank you for today. It's, thank it's you for this pleasure. episode. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you liked our episode, click the thumbs up button below or leave a comment to let us know what you thought. It always helps us to know if we've helped you. You can also click the bell icon and subscribe to the show so that you can stay in touch. Then I'd love for you to share it with a friend. We have many resources here on this channel, so I hope you'll check those out too. I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening today, and I'll see you next time.